Today, I want to talk about one of the ways that we can get in our own way on the healing journey, and that is by trying to go it alone. I want to talk about inviting our loved ones to our healing journeys. And I say this as a lone wolf, as a fiercely independent thyroid driver who has absolutely gotten in my own way with this for far too long and have learned the lesson the hard way of it doesn't have to be this hard. I can get the support that I need. I can have needs, communicate them and and have this support system of my family, even family members who don't know what it's like to live with thyroid disease, because that can be something that's really hard to relate to if you haven't experienced it firsthand. So that's what we're going to talk about on this season three premiere of Thyroid Healthy Bites. It's going to be a great show, Thyroid Drivers, so stick around. Hello, Thyroid Drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. Right. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. I've missed you. It's been a great summer. Way too short. I hope all of you are feeling well, doing well, have been thriving over the summer, got lots of fresh air, lots of outdoor adventures, lots of fun and rejuvenating things that have filled your bucket and made you remember your whys of why we why we eat well, why we sleep well, why we do all these things to optimize our health so that we can feel our best. I think no season embodies that like summer does because summer asks us to go, to be moving, to be doing, to be experiencing. And I know that that is a huge part of my summer is appreciating and celebrating all the things that I do all year long, you know, as far as food and lifestyle to enable me to have those adventures with my family. Family is on the top of my mind at the beginning of this episode, because this is what we're going to be talking about today. I want to talk to you in this episode about a really personal topic and a super relatable topic, which is inviting your loved ones to your healing journey. I think this is something that, you know, a lot of us don't maybe think about a whole lot. We just, we go about our business. We, we don't want to be a burden. We don't want to be needy. We don't, we don't really even realize sometimes a lot of us (laughs) that we need that help and support. And I know that was absolutely the case for me. I was really reminded of this by one of my Thrivers Club members. So the Thrivers Club is my online group health coaching membership, where together we're doing the work of thyroid healthy living, thyroid healthy eating, and all those little, you know, daily habits and practices. And we we get support from each other. There's all these resources. And we do these monthly wellness challenges. And so in the, the you know, private Thrivers Club community, as we're going through these wellness challenges, we're, you know, posting in the community about our experience of, you know, how we're doing, how we're feeling. And a member raised this, you know, simple point that she had, she had mentioned to her husband that she needed a little bit of time to work on a project for herself and that he seemed pretty responsive to that. 
And this really kind of struck a chord with me. I mean, it was, she just sort of mentioned it in passing, but it really made me think about this aspect of our healing journeys, because we aren't on these journeys alone. We're not even on these journeys just with each other as fellow thyroid drivers. We're on them with our friends, with our families, with our children, with our loved ones, with everyone that we are in community with. They're part of this. I mean, I know I think about my best friends. They very much know that this is part of my life. That's come from me challenging myself to communicate about my hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's symptoms and and reality with them. And I think for many years, the first several years, really, I think of my healing journey, I didn't do that. I, you know, I was open with this community about my journey, but I wasn't necessarily so open with my friends and family. And so Christy's comment in the Thrivers Club really made me reflect on that aspect of my own healing journey and how how meaningful you know this this small but mighty win was for her to say hey wow you know just sharing that journey sharing your journey with your husband sharing your needs with your husband and asking for what you need that in itself is a big win because inviting that support and facilitating that understanding with our loved ones through, you know, being brave in our communication with them about that can be a real game changer for some of us. And, you know, for some of us, it's like a no brainer. We're, we're already doing that. Maybe we just <laughs> our personalities or the way we were raised or whatever. We already have those tools to say this is already in my DNA that I'm going to com- of course, I'm going to communicate to my you know, my significant other, my, my family, my family, my extended family, my friends, of course, I'm going to do that. But as I realized in the Thrivers Club, this really did strike a chord with people. And, and it really sparked a very lively conversation that, you know, a lot of people could relate to. And so that inspired me to do this premiere episode for season three on this super relatable topic. You know, you know, you've struck oil with content, when you find those topics where people are like, oh my gosh, I, I, this so made me think of, you know, my own situation, my own journey, how it is in my own household and challenges that I've had around that. And also wins I've had around that. So a lot of people shared around this topic and we're going to talk about that today. I'll share my personal story with this. And then we'll also talk about you know, just some simple things to think about as far as how to talk about this successfully with your loved ones, you know, how to talk about it in a way that you can ensure that you're going to get the desired outcome from this, which is not to end up feeling more alienated, not to end up feeling more alone. Not all of us know how to do this. Not all of us know are equipped with the tools and skills and words to understand, like, how can I best communicate about this so that I can get my needs met so that I can be heard and seen because we all deserve that. This reminds me of a cartoon that I came across by a cartoonist by the name of Joe Rothenberg. And it shows this this guy on a desert island, you know, and he's got like the tattered clothes and the long beard. He's he's been on this island for a while with the, you know, one palm tree and coconuts. And it says, uh, spelled out on the little sandy beach, it says SOS in rocks. And then under the SOS, it says 
if it's not too much trouble and you're not busy or anything, but no pressure. <laughs> it's like we could be stranded on a desert island, but some of us, I think we what we bump up against with this topic is we have a hard time voicing our needs. We have a hard time allowing ourselves to speak up for our needs. We have a hard time making boundaries, some of us. And this has certainly been something I've had to learn along the way as an adult and just as a thriver and as a, as a thyroid thriver specifically. So I'd like to share a little bit about my personal story with this, just in case it resonates with you. Maybe you'll see yourself in my story. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about sharing our stories. So one of the most powerful shifts that I've made on my own healing journey was this decision. Like it was really a concerted effort. And I I, I don't remember exactly when. I, I'm going to guess 2019-ish. I made this decision to be more open with my family about my health stuff. The challenges, the treatments, my needs, the reasons behind my needs, and the difference since I've made that decision and, and put some intention behind that has really been profound. And I think it came from, you know, doing some personal inner work, some soul searching, lots of meditation, lots of journaling, some talk therapy, really looking at things from the past and sort of unearthing maybe some reasons behind my own fierce independence and behind, you know, some of the challenges I've had around, like, I don't want to make boundaries. I don't want to be needy. I don't want to say no or be harsh or, you know, there's a lot of us, I think, just as women, we have those innate people pleasing uh, tendencies. We're nurturers. So all these things can come into play. Past traumas, you know, childhood stuff, all that stuff can come into play here. But really, you know, the the task at hand is to say, okay, well, here I am now. And what I'm doing isn't really working. Going it alone isn't really working. You know, that's not really something that you hear anyone prescribing to people in like <laughs> their lives in any way. Like, oh yeah, you should totally go it alone. That's the best way to get where you want to be, right? Like, have you ever heard that? No. And yet so many of us, myself included, are just, I don't know, more hardwired to go it alone, let's say. So sharing with my husband and son about this, making a decision to do that and sharing with them more often, often at the dinner table, has really fostered more understanding from them. And that has naturally fostered more support from them. When they have that understanding, it's more easy for them to give support because they get it. Because I've told them, like, this is why. This is why I try to avoid gluten. This is why I want to eat this way. This is why I can't like eat, you know, processed food. This is why I don't want to go to that, you know, fast food restaurant or whatever. In the before times, before I started doing that, you know, there used to be like some teasing and it, it wasn't mean. It was just, it was lighthearted, but still it was in a way that sometimes stung or made me feel alone in this you know, it didn't feel good. And, you know, it was just things about like teasing about like being gluten-free 
or some of my different little, you know, health rituals and things that maybe they didn't understand, like trying EFT tapping or things that can look maybe a little bit bizarre to people who don't know what they are, what they're for, what the purpose is, what the science behind them is, or why we do some of these things. But since I've made that shift, now they know, they know that my thyroid healthy food and lifestyle habits even the woo-woo ones that they might find amusing sometimes are what enable me to be here for them and to feel well enough to play and have those adventures as a family. You know, like we've been doing all summer, water skiing, mountain biking, berry picking, hiking, swimming, being on the rivers, camping, all these things require energy and they, they require that I feel well enough to be able to do these things on a regular basis and have those experiences and make those memories. All that ability and that vitality and that health is fueled and created by the choices we make every day. I didn't share with them about it for a long time. And then I made the shift to sharing more and it was a profound shift. And I realized that breaking through this personal mindset roadblock really helped foster a culture in our household where everyone gets to have needs. Everyone gets to be heard. Everyone gets to be loved and supported in equal measure, including me. Now, this goes way back to my my pre-hypothyroidism days to this parenting manifesto I wrote when I was pregnant with my son, James, that it was like a, a manifesto against martyrdom. I didn't want to become one of those moms who was just like, I don't even know who I am anymore. All of my resources and my whole identity has gone into, you know, being a mother and and raising this child and running this home and things like that. I didn't want to do that. So I really had set this att- intention years and years ago to create and foster an environment in our house where Everyone gets to be heard, everyone gets to have needs, and everyone gets to have a voice and be supported in equal measure, including me. Putting that down on paper, wanting it, proclaiming it when I was pregnant with my son back in 2011, and then actually doing the work of, of you know, facilitating that, that's, that's work that takes years. That is work that takes, you know, a lot of... Uh, inner soul searching and personal growth work and and breaking some of those mindset roadblocks down and looking back at our past at the origins so we can sort of unravel some of these behaviors of you know like I want this but why am I still trying to go it alone on this journey and you know just quietly be over here like having you know specific dietary needs and not wanting to share with my family about it because I don't want to be like that person or I don't want to be the oddball or I don't want to inconvenience them. You know, there's all these thoughts, you know, (laughs) that come back to the guy on the desert island. SOS, if it's not too much trouble and you're not too busy or anything, but maybe I could use some rescuing here on this, on this desert island all by myself. And looking back, I really, it's been so healing, so deeply healing and delightfully surprising the way 
things have shifted and the way they've shifted in their response to my openness and my invitation and sharing with them. And looking back, I really wonder what took me so long to get here? I think before I didn't share a whole lot with them because I didn't want to be a nuisance. So I just quietly went about like making and eating separate food, or sometimes I ate or drank things I shouldn't because I didn't want to be needy or I wanted to fit in. I wanted to belong. And sometimes I powered through when what I really needed was to rest. You know, sometimes I push myself too hard trying to be the person I used to be, trying to do all the things I used to do in this new body that has a chronic illness. It's a thyroid autoimmune thyroid disease called Hashimoto's. And anyone with hypothyroidism for any reason, including those of us who have uh, maybe were cancer survivors and we've had our thyroid removed, even anyone who's on ongoing supplemental thyroid hormone is going to deal with some of these same symptoms of being a little bit energy compromised, maybe being a lot energy compromised, brain fog, more of a tendency to put weight on more easily, difficulty losing weight, joint pain, inflammation, gut issues, digestive issues. I mean, the list of thyroid related symptoms is very long, but those are some of the most common ones. I was trying to be, you know, and pretend like nothing had changed, right? Can you relate to that? I maybe hadn't even accepted my own self and my own new reality that embraced and and wrapped and where I was really wrapping my arms around, like I have Hashimoto's now, things are a little different. Doesn't mean life is over but it does mean I have to take better care of myself. It does mean, you know, I'm really finding food is making a huge difference in how well I feel. I have to prioritize my bedtime. You know, I I can push, but I, I have thresholds that are maybe a little bit more strict than they were before. And I remember when I was in that, in that place, a couple of painful arguments at the dinner table where I just ended up feeling You know, I think I was trying to express my needs, but I didn't really know how yet and just came away feeling really misunderstood, really unseen, really unheard. And yeah, I remember feeling, you know, tired and grouchy and alone more often. And it frustrated me that they didn't get it. But what I didn't realize is that I had never actually invited them in. One of the reasons that I'm sharing this with you is because I see this in so many other thyroid thrivers, especially women, right? We're the nurturers, we're the caretakers, oftentimes we're the meal makers, not to generalize or anything. I mean, I know it's different in every household and every person and every individual, and there's a spectrum and all of that, but eons of human survival have hardwired us to put the needs of others before our own. This is how we ensured human survival when we were like living in caves, right? And because of this, it can can create a tendency for us to try to be needless, to not wanna ask for help because we're the ones, we're the caretakers, right? And, And yeah, other things can also come into play here, childhood and emotional traumas, things like that. And it's certainly, um, this isn't limited to women, I think, you know, people of any gender identity can relate to this to a degree. Things are different now in our household because I started communicating differently 
with my family and, and just really just communicating more. Like I, when I made that shift, I would, you know, just start saying and telling them, you know, we'd have these dinner table conversations like, yeah, I went to the doctor and, and here's, here's what's going on with me right now. Or sometimes I would just end up in a flare, especially like midwinter. I'm not getting a lot of vitamin D. Maybe it was the holidays. I ate or drank some things I shouldn't have. And okay, here we go. I can feel it in my joints. I can feel it in my brain. I'm kind of just, I'm in a flare. They know what that means now to be in a flare, which means my symptoms are flaring up. Something, you know, I I went beyond those thresholds that I know I should, you know, that I should mind. But look, nobody's perfect. Sometimes we go past them. We end up in a flare. Maybe there's a stressful situation happening. We end up in a flare. My family now understands what that means and that it might mean I'm resting more. It might mean that I need more help with dinner. It might mean that I need more of their help with things like cleaning the house or um, maybe I just need more patience with, you know, a brain that's kind of like struggling to, you know, think of the word I'm trying to remember and things like that. Something happened just a couple weeks ago. So my husband and I are out to lunch and I was like, I'm going to share with him about this, you know, appointment I just had with my doctor, uh, through Paloma health. I'm a Paloma health member. That's where I get my thyroid care through. So it's a great option for any of you who are, you know, trying to solve the find a doctor problem. I know that's a, a big roadblock for a lot of us, but I shared with my husband that I had been talking to my new Paloma doctor about a treatment called low dose naltrexone. So this is uh, low dose naltrexone is what they call an off-label or experimental use of this drug naltrexone that is, you know, used sometimes for autoimmunity. And I've always wanted to try it, but I've had a hard time finding a doctor who was versed enough in it, who had experience, you know, prescribing it to patients and guiding them through that process to ever be able to try it. And, you know, I was kind of excited about trying it and, you know, also wanted to share with my husband, like, this is good information for him to know if I'm going to be trying this, what if there's, you know, side effects, I and I had a lot of questions about it. So later that day, we swung by the pharmacy, I was picking it up. And he was like, Hey, can I come in? And I was like, of course. And we went to into my little local compounding pharmacy that I absolutely love. And we had this really informative conversation with the pharmacist about LDN. And she had seen really amazing results in other patients, um, lots of Hashimoto's patients. And, you know, it's even, it's used for several different things. And, you know, as I get more familiar with it and have more experience, I'd love to do a show on my experience with low-dose naltrexone sometime, but I'm so new to it. I really want to get a little bit more experience with it under my belt uh, before I share a whole lot about it with you. But my husband asked so many good questions and I was so touched by his curiosity, you know, in this conversation with the pharmacist that my heart just felt like it was about to burst. And later we were in the bathroom and I was, you know, taking my first dose, like you take it before bed. And he looked at me when we, as we were brushing our teeth before bed and he was like, Hey, you know, I just want to say thank you for for telling me about 
you know, what you're doing and, and what's going on with your health and, and your new medication. And, and I, it really meant a lot to me to be invited to that conversation with your pharmacist. I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm getting a little misty just remembering it. it. It was so meaningful to me. And it really felt like a huge win. Like, wow, look how far we've come as a couple. Look how far I've come in challenging myself to be brave in my communication with him and say, I'm going to be going through this. And I have a lot of questions. and I don't really know how it's going to work out or what it's going to be like. And then inviting him to that conversation. When I look back, I remember that I used to think that he wasn't capable of understanding. I mean, sometimes I really felt that way. And I I can remember those days of loneliness and frustration before I invited him in. It's not that way anymore. I, I, re- I can remember what that felt like, but it, it's a memory. It isn't my present anymore. It isn't the way I feel And there is something in my nervous system that is so relieved by that, by letting go of this fierce, independent streak, this stubborn, you know, lone wolf mindset. And it amazes me that I spent years there because of this mindset roadblock that I didn't even know was there. There were so many members in the Thrivers Club community that that weighed in on this. I I shared my story with them and there was this big response, which, you know, is what happens when we tap into these very relatable truths about our experience as thyroid thrivers. And, you know, I'd love to hear, like, can you relate to this? What have been your biggest roadblocks with this? What have been your biggest wins? Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you can share in the comments or you can just email me at Ginny at hypothyroidchef.com. I always love hearing from members of the community about what your experience has been like. That Thrivers Club member, Christy, who originally shared, you know, about asking her husband for a little more, you know, time and space to work on a project for herself. And then that he was receptive and stuff that kind of sparked this whole conversation you know, she shared it. Look, it's not that my family doesn't care or isn't supportive, but it's not a visible handicap. And that's a big part of the challenge with this. And I think a big part of what requires that we do try to communicate about this bravely is that this is an invisible illness. So it's not always obvious. And maybe it is easy for someone to see that from the outside and think, well, I'm tired too. Well, I, you know, I'm trying to lose weight too. It's not about invalidating their experiences. It's about validating ours that, you know, there really is a a more pronounced physiological compromise that can come from having an underactive thyroid. It affects every single system and every single cell in the body. Our thyroid does. So It can really have these far-reaching impacts that can also be so subtle that it's easy for people to think "Mm, you're just making this up or you're, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill, but we're not. One thing that's been really eye-opening for my husband and son is the more I've communicated about them with this, the more they'll now be like, are you sure you want to eat that? (laughs) Because we know what happens. Because we've seen it, because you've communicated with us what happens when you 
you know, indulge in these things, you know, that, you know, aren't really right for you. And then you have the symptoms and then you have a hard time, like enjoying yourself or being part of the things we're doing as a family or keeping up with, with work, with housework, even that's stressful. So they can see the, the connections between the choices I make and how I feel. And then they can also support me and be like, remember last time you did that and you got really sick and (laughs) ended up in bed and they see it now. They believe it, they see it, they understand it and they get it because of that communication, because I've helped them increase their own awareness because I realized I, you know, I am the one who has to speak up for my needs and who has to do a little bit of educating other people around me about what this means for me. And I think that to some degree applies to all of us as thyroid drivers. It is harder to relate to unless you ask or have been told or have experienced it yourself. And so of course, a lot of our family members haven't experienced this themselves. And so that requires that we need to tell them or they need to ask or probably a mixture of both. And we don't want to burden our families with this. We we need to include and share the journey with those around us. But how do I know what is enough? Where is that balance between, you know, communicating our needs and not feeling like we're being like super negative or how much is too much? How do we share about this? So let's kind of shift gears and talk about some practical tools that you can use in communicating with your loved ones about your thyroid condition. That invisible illness factor can be universally tough for us thyroid drivers. And, you know, as far as how much is enough without it being too much, what I found is that it can be really helpful to keep these conversations solutions focused as opposed to problem focused, if that makes sense. So like, here's an example, saying something like, I really need to prioritize my sleep right now because I'm having a Hashimoto's flare versus saying something like, I don't feel good. Even I don't feel good because I'm having a Hashimoto's flare. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's useful information. But to add that, like, look, I really need more rest or I just, I'm not going to be able to participate as much maybe this weekend, or I got to prioritize my sleep or like, I really need to be good about my, my food and my meals right now, because I'm in this flare, whatever those specific needs are, the solutions that we learn over time that our bodies need, you know, what are those solutions to getting out of a Hashi's flare? Like all those things, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, being really good about our food, taking our supplements and medications on time and as needed, you know, all those different things are the solutions that we know we need to get out of that flare. But that first example is what gives our loved ones a very straightforward way to help. And it gives them an ability to do that by respecting and understanding our sleep needs. Whereas that second example is more of just like a statement of the problem, or for lack of a better word, it's more of a complaint. Like, I just don't feel good. You know, that doesn't really, I've learned. And look, every person is different. Every relationship, you know, every marriage, every individual, every household is different. 
But I have learned that those complaints, like when it comes across in a complaining format, meaning problem-focused communication, that can really send my well-meaning husband into fix-it mode. And when he can't fix it, he gets frustrated with me. And then we're both frustrated. And I don't feel seen and I don't feel heard and I don't feel understood. And he's like, everybody's frustrated. But by shifting to that approach of, look, here's, here's what would really help me right now. He's like, okay, I'm on it. It gives him a way to immediately succeed at supporting me. And that's a win-win. Like everybody wins in that situation. I'm getting the help and support I need. He feels empowered and invited to support me. Or, you know, my son, same thing. These are like dinner table conversations with the family. And they have clear instructions on how to support me. Then I feel like so grateful for that support. If say, you know, later that night, my husband's like, uh, let's turn this off. You know, it's 10, let, let's get to bed. We, we need rest and you're not feeling well. It's like, okay, thanks. You know, it's helpful to have that external support and people that can help us stay on track because temptation is always there, right? Of course, it's not his job to manage my health. I'm going to try to be getting myself to bed. The likelihood is even if he's going to stay up late, I'm going to say, I'm going to flare. So I got to prioritize my sleep right now. When he knows and understands that, it just makes it that much easier for him to support me and for me to be supported by his understanding and saying, yeah, let's both go to bed. We could use some rest. We got an early day tomorrow. Great everybody's getting their needs met, right? And it seems so simple, but it's simple communication tools can be so hard to come by <laughs> and take a lot of practice. So that tip really is like regarding how do I know how much is, is enough or too much? I don't want to seem whiny, you know, just keeping things solutions focused versus problems focused can help. And the other, you know, the one other tip I'll say is just just keep communicating. Just keep trying. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're going to stumble. You're going to. You're going to have those, you know, those conversations where maybe it doesn't go the way you want. And those are going to teach you like, okay, that didn't work. What's a different way I can kind of, what's a different angle I can come at this from? But I think also sometimes we just, we don't communicate because we were maybe afraid that people won't understand. I know that can be triggering for so many of us who have been through, you know, maybe years, maybe decades of doctor's appointments where we really felt gaslighted. We felt like we were there saying, no, something's really wrong with me. And I mean, I went through this for the first four years of my thyroid journey being told, you're fine. What, you're tired all day, every day? Normal. You're 35. That just is part of getting older. You can't lose weight. You just need to eat less and exercise more. You're sick all the time. That has nothing to do with your thyroid because your TSH is normal. That's a really traumatic, like I think a very common sort of traumatic experience for us as thyroid drivers, because we want to trust our medical professionals. We want to trust what the doctor says. And when you're suffering and a trained medical professional is basically telling you it's all in your head. You're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. That can make it a little bit scary to talk, try to talk to our friends and our family members who don't have any medical training, who don't have the understanding of this, who might have that knee jerk response of, 
I'm tired too. What's the big deal? Well, it, it is a big deal. And for some of us, it can be a really big deal. There are people out there who are severely, and maybe some of you are listening, who are severely debilitated by, you know, something that's kind of marketed in the doctor's office, like no big deal. Hypothyroidism, no big deal. Hashimoto's, no big deal. You just take this pill and do this one test and it's fine. And as so many of you know, there is a lot more to it than just one test and just one pill. And it can affect every facet of our lives. It has affected the way my brain works, the way my body works, the way it looks, the way my gut operates, like so many different things. And it has required that I really commit to healthy living and healthy eating so that I can feel close to normal. That's kind of what a lot of us are doing here, isn't it? You know, we're doing the daily work of, of all this so that we can feel and, and exist in a, a life that, and a, have a quality of life that is close to normal. And maybe, hey, we can go beyond that. Some days I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful for Hashimoto's because I've learned so much about taking care of my body. And on those good days, I feel, I feel awesome. I really do. And I love that my family can celebrate that with me and see that in me. I love that, you know, my husband can say, wow, you seem like, you know, you're doing better since you're trying this low dose naltrexone or Earlier this year, around the new year, I had a major nosedive and it happened so slowly that I like didn't really realize I was going full hypothyroid. I just, I don't know what happened. I had gotten sick and my antibodies spiked and I ended up having to double my medication dosage. And it was my husband who was like, I think you better get your, your thyroid tested. You, you don't seem like like you're, you know, having an easy go of it right now. And I can see that he knows now what the symptoms are. He sees how it affects me. And yeah, that hasn't happened overnight, but it has happened. It's happened with time and it's happened with diligent, compassionate, courageous, and totally imperfect sometimes communication. And what a relief to not have to go it alone anymore. That's what I want for you. And I hope that today's episode has inspired you, gotten your wheels turning about this, maybe made you think about ways you are trying to go it alone. If you are, you're not alone in going it alone. <laughs> There's a lot of us lone wolves out there. There's a lot of us who don't want to be a burden. We don't want to be a nuisance. We don't want to be whiny. You know, we don't want to have too many needs or whatever it is, whatever those, you know, thought gremlins are that prevent us from inviting support and using our voices. I hope that today's episode has stirred things up around that for you. I, I hope it has maybe turned the soil a bit, so to speak. I think that's a really good thing to do in our lives and our mindset, to mix it up a little bit, to try something new. If something's not working, try a different angle because you are not stuck. You can always try something different. You can always make a different choice. And that is where the empowerment lives. That is that is the thriver's journey. It takes time. And there's gonna be a lot of stumbles along the way. 
we're going to learn some things the hard way. I know I certainly have, and I definitely have around this topic. So I hope that in sharing this personal story with you, maybe you saw some pieces of your own story in it. I know this has been an absolute game changer for several of our Thrivers Club members. I'll leave you with a couple words of encouragement from some of them. Uh, Judy C. said, it's okay to take up space in this world, and we can't expect people to read our minds. We must be brave and communicate. So amen to that, Judy. And I'll share one more from uh, Thrivers Club member Rose B, who said, sharing has helped my family to be understanding and supportive. I have learned to speak up and ask for help. We have to learn that. So many of us, it's not necessarily in our nature. We're not hardwired. It's not always the easy thing to do. Sometimes we do have to challenge ourselves a little bit to do so. If you need more support in this, if you want to be part of this conversation, I would love for you to explore Thrivers Club membership. It is open to anyone who's ready to thrive, who's ready for support, who's ready to start implementing some of these thyroid healthy food and lifestyle practices and, and mindset practices so that you can break through those barriers, whatever they are, and get the results that you want. If you'd like to learn more about Thrivers Club membership, everything you need to know, you can find on the page hypothyroidchef.com slash membership. I'll also put a link in the show notes to that for you. So Thrivers Club membership offers uh, group coaching, community, exclusive content, workshops, uh, and our wonderful monthly wellness challenges where we really apply all the things that we're learning. Because the goal here isn't to just collect more and more and more information about how to thrive. It's to actually implement these practices in real life where the results happen. So that's what we're doing in the Thrivers Club. It's been amazing. It is such a super special group of people. And I would love for you to be a part of it. Hypothyroidchef.com slash membership to learn more. All right, Thyroid Thrivers, I've got a lot of great episodes coming your way. I have a bunch of amazing interviews in the can coming up for you in season three of Thyroid Healthy Bites. I thank you so much for being here with me, for tuning back in, for not forgetting about me, and for supporting the show, and for your listenership. I really appreciate every single one of you, and I hope that this, this first episode of the season finds you feeling well, feeling vibrant, and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites. If you've enjoyed the show, please don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave a review. Your support truly does help so much. So thank you in advance for taking just a quick moment to do that today as we wrap up this episode. I'm Jenny Mahar wishing you happy cooking, happy thriving, and the best of health. See you next time.